Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with The Fall Guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Welcome to Pint of Football, where unlike Gianluigi Buffon, our persistence to continue doing what we enjoy is not directly linked to our skill or ability. I am Daz Napton, the host of the show, and this time out, I have the pleasure of being joined by not one James, but two. It is the TTN Sports Show. Welcome, lads. Hi, Daz. Thanks very much for having us. Very pleased to be here. Thank you, Daz, for inviting us onto your esteemed podcast. You're more than welcome. Cheers for joining. And before we kick off with your story, or potentially stories, depending on what content you could find, I've got a couple of questions just so we can introduce the listeners to yourselves. First of all, because I'm dying to know, what does the TTM in TTM Sports Show uh, stand for? Go on, James. Well, TTM stands for Think Twice Medias. TTM. There are two facets to TTM. You have the staple, the one and only undefeated heavyweight sports show, sports podcast. That's the TTM sports show. And on the other side, if you like deep, dark, dirty and rough, you know, when, you know that, that's TTM dark. And that's where you get your conspiracies from 9-11 to JFK to the alien conspiracies. If any of your listeners want to catch something outlandishly crazy... We have on YouTube, on TTM Dark, on the TTM Dark channel, a man that claimed he had sexual violent relations <laughs> with aliens. Well, I'm glad I asked. <laughs> you didn't expect that, did you? No. And just for clarity, just so we can tell both of your voices, which James is which? All I know about you both is that one of you supports Spurs and the other one Liverpool, but neither well, of you sound like you are Scouse. Well, at the end of the day, life goes on and it gets dark. And what I will say is I support Liverpool Football Club. And it just goes to show that the the LFC family stretches far out of the borders, 
from Scouts Nation uh, to be one of the biggest clubs in the world. The club that everybody loves to hate. Yet, if you support Liverpool, you love the fact that everybody hates you. In fact, it's just like supporting England. And I'm I'm the realistic Tottenham fan, so I'm a re- I'm, I'm very proud to be a realistic Tottenham fan. He knows he's not going to win anything. I know for a I, long time. I was there in 2004 when Nuri Nabet, 36 years old, signed from Deportivo exactly. on a free transfer, and I thought it was a good signing. It was uh, like Hossam Gali. Exactly, Hossam Gali. I've been through them all. Goran Bunjevcevic, God rest his soul. Milenko Asimovic, who once missed from one yard against Fulham at home. Um, yeah, so I've been there. So I, I, I know where we've come from. So I, I'm a realistic Tottenham fan and a realistic guy, unlike uh, my, my co-colleague, James. Wait, what if I said unrealistic this season? <laughs> um, hmm. What if I said this unrealistic, apart from the fact that it's going to be a long season? It's it's not going to be easy for Liverpool to win trophies, yet here we are in January. We've won one. What I do know is that you did say that the um, the Carabao Cup was was not important. I said and, it's and the, I said it's like the it's like the FA Cup's ugly sister no, is what it is. Good trophy, good trophy. It is if you're a Tottenham fan because <laughs> the only trophy you win is the best looking stadium 2021 in world f- football. Well, I'd I'd love to chip in, but as a Macclesfield <laughs> fan. I don't, oh. know what, I don't know what any of that stuff you were just on about is, really. Well, you've had the um, pleasure, the very big displeasure of having Sol Campbell associated to your football club. So um, I, I send my most sincere condolences for that. Yeah, well, we've currently got Robbie Savage running the ship. So I'm not really? sure if that counts as an upgrade or a downgrade or a side well, upgrade. certainly an upgrade on uh, 9 out of 10 male hair <laughs> around, the, uh, around, around the country. It's wonderful. Good, good. Well, cheers for clearing that up. We now probably know who both of you are, and we're really looking forward to jumping into your quick stop tour of Mauritius. This is In The Mix, and it's a place where we like to explore every inch of the globe in search of surreal, surprising, and spectacularly silly stories. What have you got for us? So um, before before we go, I will, I, I will put in the little uh, asterisks here, Daz, that it was very difficult to find stuff on Mauritius. I, I would say their footballing history is uh, is not not steeped in glory. So we we we've done interviews with um, before with man- the manager of um, national teams. So we've done the Cayman Islands. We've done the British Virgin Islands. We've done the Faroe Islands assistant manager. We've done the manager of the um, the Gambia uh, in the last couple of weeks. Um, so uh, going in and doing some deep diving into see sort of smaller nations lower down in the FIFA World Rankings. It, it, I've done a lot of it. But um, this was hard. This was this was you. You really got me here, Daz. Um, what I do know is that the the the, uh, the nickname of uh, the Mauritius national team is Les Dodo, which is uh, translates in English to the Dodos. Uh, make of that what you will. The extinct pretty, bird, pretty the much do- like, the, like the left back, the Brazilian left back Dodo was a wonderful player. Just never quite cut it for Inter Milan, did it, it, it? Dodo. It was Dodo. I'm sure it was Dodo. But just before you dive into the football side of Mauritius. Why don't we tell some of your lovely listeners who are listening thinking, oh, we're in for a real bonus this episode. Mauritius, okay, a country steeped in acclaim in the Indian island nations. Its rivals, Reunion, flanked by a big, heavy French influence, is known for its beaches, lagoons and reefs. The mountainous interior includes Back River Gorges National Park with rainforests, maybe somewhere for the wife and kids to go on vacation. We don't know. The capital city, Port Louis, has sites such as the Champ du Mars horse track 
Incredible. The Eureka Plantation House and the 18th century Sir Siswagur Rangulam Botanical Garden. So, ladies and gentlemen, listening to the show, if you don't want to go to Mauritius to capture some football, I'm pretty sure a lovely trick to the Eureka Plantoon House <laughs> might just do it for you. James, over to you. So, so in, ter- in terms of the football, uh, Daz, footballing-wise, the greatest achievement of the Mauritius national team, and by, by no means is, is any small feat uh, as a nation of, the, of its size. They qualified for the 1974 African Cup of Nations tournament, which for a, for a nation of that size, um, with an all-time high FIFA ranking of 116, um, that's a pretty good achievement. It I, is, I think isn't it? it was, you know, we saw what Thomas Sonfed did with um, with the Gambia in the summer. Yep. You're talking about that level of um, that level of achievement, really. So 1975, where the real success comes for Mauritius, though, Daz, is in the uh, Indian Ocean Islands Cup where they are a mainstay. Big time successful. Now, the Indian Ocean's Islands Cup consists of the following nations, the real powerhouses, Comoros, the Maldives, the Seychelles, Mayotte, Mauritius, Réunion, as James mentioned, as the big rivals, and everyone's favourite zoo, uh, Madagascar. So, um, that is the Indian Islands... Just a James. Real quick one, Go on. Wouldn't you love to own, like, a Madagascar home shirt? I mean, I wonder who they're sponsored by. God While you read off some more stuff about Mauritius, I'm going to I'm going to Google that. I'm going to find out. I'm pretty sure if if a pint of football will allow me to is to is to find out exactly who makes the Madagascar shirt. I'm not sure, but I do know that the Mauritius shirt is made by Adidas. Incredible. It's probably one of the template ones, similar to what you're wearing uh, tonight, Daz, which is a lovely Metalist Kharkiv shirt. So shout out to Metalist and to the whole of the Ukraine. One hundred percent. But it is Adidas. Uh, Mauritius. It did for a little spell go into uh, Joma in the turn of the the, the decade. Venezuela. Before... They do take third rate no, without being disrespectful. They do. They're <laughs> quite big. Ecuador, Venezuela. They're quite big in South America, but also a little jaunt into Eastern Europe as well. Yeah. So, it, but uh, back to Adidas now. Mm. Um, what do you want to know, Daz? What do you want to know? Well, I want to know if you've got any nuggets, any scandals, any Ooh. any. Um... You know, maybe that African Cup of Nations, dare I ask if it was a triumph? I'm, I'm sure I don't remember seeing the name etched on the trophy, but no. did, did, did they did they even get a point? Did they get out the groups? Did they, no, storm, they, uh, storm, they storm the storm the cap they, of the continent? No, they, they finished bottom of the group and uh, they lost every game in 1974, unfortunately. But they have won the Indian Ocean Islands games twice, once in 1985 and once in 2003, which would be seen as a massive, massive achievement. In terms of the domestic league, the domestic league in Mauritius hasn't been uh, running since the start of COVID. So the last two seasons have uh, actually been abandoned. Um, Now, in terms of little nuggets as well, some interesting clubs in that domestic league, some interesting club names. So the most titles... Um, is held by a club called Fire Brigade. So the Fire Brigade have got the most league titles in um, Mauritius. And their biggest rivals for the to the Fire Brigade, with seven league titles, which is in third place behind FC Dodo, is the Police Club. So the Fire Brigade and the Police are, uh, have had some real uh, title ding races dongs. on ding-dongs you know, you over don't, the years. You don't want to foul the wrong person, do you? Because you never know the following Saturday night, they'll go, hold on a minute, I, I know you. You're the one that took me. I'm gonna I'm gonna rest. like Belize. Do you remember the Belize episode from Point of Football? All their listeners remember it. I know I do. I listened to it on the way home, and they were talking about uh, there was a question that came out because which uh, which name club do you think would win the league? And I thought, 
Well, I don't know if a league could be won on names, but what I do know is, what I do remember is he spoke really well about a lot of clubs having a lot of, let's say, government, armed forces, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Social protectors, shall we say? The police, the fire service. Institutions. Absolutely, that, that did it. And it looks to be the same in Mauritius. And I think it was yourself, Daz, that did say it, of course, in, in Asia and places like that, that it does seem to be prevalent around the world. That these uh, these countries seem to have. We do have it in this country, though. We do. We do. We do have the. We got the Met, the Met Police are yeah, in the Southern. Do. They're in the Southern League, play against Froome Town, our hometown, our hometown club. But unfortunately for them, they don't have the investment. No. But what the weird thing as well, Thaz, is that the the two uh, top two most successful clubs in the history of uh, Mauritius domestic football now both no longer exist. Which is which is Fire Brigade FC Dodo actually the top three because Police Club also do not uh, uh, any longer exist. So the last three league titles have been won by a club called Pamplemousse, which is uh, which is an absolute brilliant pronunciation as well. But there's the, the the team names. We've had some absolute bangers over the years. Um, 1975 league title winners, Hindu Cadets. They they uh, had a successful year that year, and then but they were knocked off their perch the following year in 1976 by the Muslim Scouts Club. Um, also, eight league titles for a team named Sunrise. I love there that. Was a good successful club there, Sunrise, who also no longer exist. And my favourite, um, my favourite name uh, of a club, and James will tell a story about this chap in a sec, is the club called Cirque de Joachim. So um, I, it got me thinking about uh, former Aston Villa uh, striker Julian Joachim and Bradford. Uh, absolutely, Julian Joachim. You do a podcast, Daz. But you're at that point where you're trying to approach guests, you're trying to start a bit of networking, maybe get a little bit of a following. So your your friends in your WhatsApp group are usually the first people that will listen to the podcast and maybe a couple of old friends that you've outreached on Facebook and they thought, oh, I wonder what Daz is doing now. I'll take a listen. Now you're starting to get other people listen to it. These people doing these podcasts like us, like Daz, like a lot of other people on the sports social network, find it tough at the beginning. But as you get going, it gets easier. But also, incredible memories and situations arise that you just would not expect. So, TTM Sports, at the time, around six months in, we're reaching out to all these different people. We're getting good interviews from real good people. We had Mark Holsey, the world-famous ex-FIFA Premier League referee, regularly on TalkSport. We have Peter Drury, the world-famous commentator. I reached out to Julian Jochim. <laughs> now... I rang up the number that, that was provided to me from my credible source. A man answered the phone. Hello. I went, hi, is that Julian? And he goes, sorry. I went, is that Julian Jochim? <laughs> and he goes, uh, no, I know him. I know him. I go, oh, are you his agent? I'm kind of his agent. Oh, are you his friend? Yeah, that's right. I'm Julian Jochim's friend. All right, right. So you're not having me on. No. What was, you know, I then said, what is it going to take to get Julian onto the TTM Sports Show to discuss your incredible career? And it was an incredible career. Played in Svenja and Eriksson's first game in charge for England at Villa Park. Yeah. In a game in which now, you know, God rest his soul, Hugo Echihoff yeah, scored legend. the winner against Spain, I believe. No, it was 4 and We battered him 4 0. Yeah, well, he scored, didn't he? The first goal is Svenja yeah. and Eriksson's reign. Hugo Echihoff, Rangers legend, we are the people. Now, back to Julian Jochim. It turns out that he goes, okay, look, Julian would be willing to do a meet at a price. They tried to charge us £250 for 20 to 30 minutes of Julian Jochim's time. I said, I'll be in contact soon. I never rang back. 
<laughs> Whoa, I'm sure. You know, you can go on those websites where you can get celebrities to do messages for you and it costs about 20 quid. I'm sure I've uh, seen it on one of um, them. Oh, what's it called? What's it called? Um, I know exactly what you, what you mean. It's not Patreon, is it? It's um. You can get, yeah, you can get minor celebrities. I know, I know what it is. Yeah, but... you can get people like, uh, you can get people like Bruce Grobler, for instance. Yeah. Who goes, yeah hey, yeah. guys. Happy birthday. I heard it's your, I heard Gaz it's your birthday. It's happy birthday from me, Bruce Grobler. You know, that's a, probably a terrible, yeah. terrible pronunciation, but it can work. But why do that when we know these people off by heart? You know, some of the people that we've, you know, Matt Jarvis, regular on the TTM Sports Show, absolute nice. legend. Um, really, really, really good. John Salako was on there actually the other week, which was quite good. But uh, going back to Mauritius, obviously, you know, the Julian Joachim, and, that, and that's what these podcasts are all about, isn't it? You start talking about football, you go off down weird and wonderful tangents. You know, we ended up from Mauritius to Julian Joachim. <laughs> oh, what a route. What a route to go down. Yeah. You know, via Madagascar, and their kit is sponsored by Macron, just to chuck it out there. Hey, you worked that out. You got yeah, it sorted. It's a lovely lime green uh, on one side and a dark, uh, let's say, Nigerian kit style green on the other. Dare I ask if you've ordered one yet? Oh, no chance. Uh, no, I, I'm not interested. I'd, I'd rather order uh, a British Virgin Islands home shirt 2008, which is uh, it's football porn. Yeah, the, the minor Caribbean nations football shirts are definitely always worth a look. This episode is brought to you by Reese's Peanut Butter Cups. In breaking news, leading scientists worldwide are conducting experiments to determine if Reese's Peanut Butter Cups are the perfect combination of peanut butter and chocolate. However, it appears the study was inconclusive, as the scientists couldn't help but eat all the Reese's. Because when you want something sweet, you can't do better than Reese's. Find Reese's now at a store near you. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Have, have you got any other Mauritius gems for us? Uh, maybe who's the national scorer? Anyone who's been banging in hat-tricks every week? Do, do you know what? Do you know what, Daz? I don't know. James will find out, no doubt. But um, no, like I said, it was very difficult um, to do this. Uh, and, you know, their squad has only got one player that plays outside of the um, outside of their domestic league. And he plays in the Seychelles. Um, their domestic league hasn't been running for two years. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, uh, and their their results lately have been a shambles. But do you know what? I'll, I'll tell you. Daniel Imbert <laughs> played from 1972 to 1983, got 53 big international caps for Mauritius, scored 17 international goals. And let's not take it away. That's more international goals than fully established internationals like Michael Ricketts. And David Nugent, you know, so he's done well there. Um, also, I mean, looking through, Henry Spevel from 1995 to 2007, 72 caps, scored one goal. So well done to Um In terms of the rest of it, though, their biggest ever win was, do you know what? It's the big one. It was in Madagascar. 
It, the date was unknown according to the internet. Um, they, they, they reckon it was around 1950. Uh, it was a 15-2 win against the old, the old enemy Reunion. 15-2. Uh, it was 15-2, and I'll tell you the scale of improvement from Mauritius was incredible. A 2-1 home victory again at Madagascar. Date unknown, somewhere around 1947. <laughs> again, it's that club. It's Reunion. Do you know what? I might, I, I might even go there one day when, when the world's calmed down, if it calms down and de-escalates. At the moment, the only thing that seems to be escalating is the world. Uh, I, I think I might go to a match for Mauritius against Reunion. I mean, what a wonderful footballing story that would be. Their biggest defeats, however, well, it did arrive. It arrived three times, okay? The first one was in Port Said in Egypt. On the 8th of June 2003, they lost 7-0. Uh, again in the Seychelles in 2008 this one this one would have really stang I think uh, you know a 7-0 away loss to the Seychelles um, but that's, that, that hurts more than a Sol Campbell goal at White Hart Lane for Arsenal if you're a Tottenham fan um, it was at Whitbank in South Africa so neutral territory but a good 7-0 win for the Seychelles and finally again it's that old score it's 7 it, you know it's a Lucky number seven for really for Mauritius, isn't it? Or unlucky number seven. This one, 9th of October, 2010, Senegal seven, Mauritius nil. Yeah, I mean, what can we say? It's their stadium, they play at the Stade George the Fifth Stadium. The capacity, 6,200. Uh, they've also played games at Stade Angele, and the capacity is 18,000. And they're reserved for higher profile matches, probably against Madagascar. Um, so... Um, there is going to be a brand new stadium though at the Complexi Sport de Cote d'Ivoire, port of a large sports complex. It's currently under construction and is scheduled to be open. Well, July 2019, it's not open yet. Um, once completed, the stadium will have a capacity of 30,000 seats. So, look, I mean, we could talk probably all night long uh, of, of, um, of Mauritius, but what I will say is they do have a victory against Angola. Okay, who was that winger for Angola who played for Wolves uh, no, and Fulham? No, it was Manucho that used to play for Man United. No, but there was a, no, there's another one. There's another one who uh, plays for Wolves, Ivan Cavaliero. He is, uh, he's is he Angolan. An, is he Angolan? He's Angolan. No, he's not Angolan. He's Angolan. I'll, tell you, I'll have to look it up. Cavaliero, Angolan. They uh, drew against Burundi. Um, they've won against Botswana. They've lost all four against the Cameroon. Um, Burundi's where side Berahino plays. They, I think what we will say, Daz, is that um, they, they, they is that they're win. rubbish. They're, they do, but they do basically, win. I think we can we can put our hand on heart. Uh, you know, they've been as low as 195 but in the FIFA World Rankings. they've beaten South Africa. That's a good win. South Africa are terrible at the moment. We know from Lungile that... Um, yeah, Lungime, shout out to Lungime and Matsuma. Uh, head over to TTM Sports' uh, Twitter page. He's our South African football correspondent who is a big Manchester United fan. I mean, someone's got to be. So, just final question on the matter of the country. Because you just mentioned this 30,000-seater stadium. How many people actually live there? In Mauritius? I will because... find out. Are we taking bets? It yeah, go on. Let's... Go on. Well, how many? Go Six, on, Daz. Sixty thousand. I'm going to say one hundred and fifty thousand. James, quick. I will say one hundred and thirty-seven thousand. I reckon it could be more. You know. Oh wow! wow. Okay, so um, <laughs> we're we're all miles out. Um, <laughs> what I can tell you is that it's one point two six six 
million inhabitants wow. uh, of Mauritius. Now and they need to be doing better. They need if to I, be if doing I'm, better. If I'm head of the Mauritius FA, I'm, I'm looking at I'm looking at the people beneath me. I'm looking at the technical director. I'm looking at who's in charge of the national side. Why are you going to be who's in a room with all these players? people beneath you? I would I would be saying, look, we need to be doing better. No you know? infrastructure. You know, as far as I'm concerned, James, maybe they should bring us in charge. Maybe they should have us in charge. One thing's for sure, there'll be plenty of laughter, there'll be plenty of love, and there'll be seven men attached physically to the goal line. <laughs> yeah, when the World Cup, because the World Cup's going up to 46 teams from 2026. Yeah. Um, and it's going to increase the, the the amount of teams that even can qualify. Even Scotland from, might qualify. Even Scotland might get yeah, there, they yeah. They might. Um, not Republic of Ireland at the minute, because they're rubbish, but... Scotland might, but yeah. So you're gonna, you're gonna, hopefully, we're gonna see like a new wave of of new international sides who have, you know, because let's be honest, over time, infrastructure improves. We've seen that in places like Africa with Iceland. the quality improving. Yeah, the Iceland, Faroe Islands, the Faroe Islands, doing Islands. very well. They um, won their UEFA Nations League. Liechtenstein, uh, uh, you know, teams, countries like that, and now starting to get the infrastructure. And, but what we'll see, that's the point I'm trying to make is we'll we'll start to see now, uh, the 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 door is opened up further for the smaller nations you know there is a genuine the Gambia. shot the, 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 exactly the, the, the proof's you know, in the pudding the like Gambia. the Gambia getting to the quarterfinals of the African Nations Cup upsetting big teams along the way you know and, and as far as I'm concerned we interviewed their manager Thomas Seinfeld who was absolutely he was like Jurgen Klopp light isn't he? he he was absolutely fantastic he's like Jurgen Klopp if Jurgen Klopp lived out of a suitcase and all he did was ever was coach teams <laughs> so you're saying the door's going to open could it open to Mauritius Absolutely not. Under no, no circumstances will Mauritius no. go anywhere near. Uh, they need to concentrate. They need to prioritise the Indian Ocean Islands Cup. I mean, and once they start to dominate that, then they can start to build the infrastructure. Then they can improve that. They need to get that domestically back well, open the, the now. Two six six million. Yeah. I mean, I'm not being funny. There are countries out there with significantly less populations. Iceland, that for example, example. Yeah, that are the Faroe Islands Cup. again. Yeah, the Faroe Islands would be yeah. them. Um, and what, what we would say is, is they need to get to a level where their youth team is winning the Indian Ocean Cup. That that's where yeah. you need to be. Which is what you'll see. Which is what the BVI are doing now. You yeah. see their under twenty side to go into these um, Concacaf. Um, tournaments now at a younger level, like England did with the under seventeens, and yet you know that's that's the key, isn't it? It's the infrastructure, and it's get a youth team sorted, and you get the DNA for you know they talk about it with England the DNA, and all. that's what you need in order to improve as a nation because mm. um, a lot of these sort of smaller nations like your Mauritius, like your BVIs, you know, if not if there's no clear plan in place, it just goes you know a lot of the players are amateur part time, and it just becomes you know. Um, old boys clubs you know ah, let's go and play for the national team it doesn't really mean anything and 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 then you anyway what what, what the hell do i know about improving the fortunes of an international football nation but i tell you what i'll give it a good go so that's all good stuff before we wrap up then i've got some quick fire questions i'm going to ask one. one to each of you and then the final question i'm going to ask you both to answer i'm going to start with liverpool james if i mm -hmm. were to check out your show for the first time what would you recommend as the starting point to get me hooked? Good question. Um, I would say uh, Euro 2020 knockout round preview show, um, which consisted of the assistant manager of the Faroe Islands, Ellie Heinzer. On the same show, the technical director for the British Virgin Islands FA and Steve McLaren's best friend, Dan Neville. Also included on the show was... Uh, former England international West Ham Wolves left winger Matt Jarvis 
And again, on the same show, we had former World Cup Nigeria international defender, Effie Soje. Uh, that was a, a wonderful show. Also, Mark Halsey popped on uh, for a little while onto that show as well, discussing England's potential route through to the Euro 2020 final. Excellent. And for Spurs, James, who has been your favourite guest to interview so far? Ooh, another good question. Um, do you know what? It's, it's a difficult one. There, Peter Drury was very good because, um, you know, he's got such an iconic voice, you know, and, and it was so surreal to talk to him. Mm. You know, his voice sounds like he's commenting, you know, you were talking to him and he, it sounded like he was commenting to you. It was, uh, it was unreal. Um, but in terms of interest, like interesting person, um, I actually think it was Thomas Sonfied who's just come off the back of the Gambia's uh, AFCON. You know, we interviewed him um, a week after the tournament finished, um, so fresh. Um, his philosophy on football and everything else and, and the journey that he's been on is incredible. Um, so that was very good. Also, um, he was good. Into, uh, um, also um, interviewing, we had a really long interview with Kit Simons. But yeah, uh, but no, to answer your question, Daz, I like anything which is really interesting and out there. You love a good bulls, um, don't you? You love bulls. I like, I like... Bull sports. I like the deep, I like the deep, dark reaches of football. I, I thought like... he was going to say the deep, dark reaches <laughs> of bulls. I was going to go, I like, oh, okay. I like, I like football purity is what I like, Daz. So anyone that, that literally lives and breathes and, and, you know, football purists is where I'm at. And Daz, let's not forget, you could appear on the TTM sports show yourself. In a crossover pod, you know. I hope that we've done your show justice this evening in comparison to other guests that you've had on. Absolutely. Sign me up. Good man. Good man. So the final question, and I know you guys like to debate things with each other, so I'm going to ask this question to you both. Um, there's, there's, there's no right answer, but I'm sure there's definitely a million wrong answers. So Absolutely. I'm going to, I'm going to go back over to. Liverpool James first, and I'm going to ask you the question. If you could pull up any former England player out of retirement in their peak, in their peak, and put them in the 2022 World Cup squad, who would it be? Paul Gascoigne. Right. And same question to Spurs James. You need to think more about what we need. Who would you play Gascoigne instead of? Foden? Yeah. Um, would you play him in the middle? A talismanic hero. He'd make things out of nothing. I think... You could say a, fr- a prime Rooney or Lineker. Yeah, Rooney. To go up front with Kane. Bobby Charlton. Bobby Charlton and Gascoigne Bobby Charlton to play off of Kane. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. I, I, or, yeah. Gordon Banks. That's that such a good question. Bobby a... Moore. Bobby Moore. Could we call up two? No. Nope. Uh, you know? No, nope. one only. I, I think that's such a good question, Daz. You really, really got me there. Um, I'm going to say... I'm going to say, because I think it's what we need, uh, which would be the difference, is I think you're right, James. I think Bobby Moore. Yeah, i got to change my answer to Bobby Moore as well. My heart went ahead of my head. Every England, you would lose any England fan that knows anything about football knows if they say, who's your most box office player ever? You would have to say Paul Gascoigne. No, I disagree. I think he's a, I think he's a myth. Would you, what? I think Gascoigne's a myth. I've said it on the pint of football. You can. You, you've you, can had, you need to have a pint that. of sanity. You can soundbite that, Daz. You can do what you want with that. How dare you come I... with me to every single England game that's on in the flesh and, and literally stand there and say that Paul Gascoigne's a myth? 
You've got to be joking. Did right. you see the goal he scored for Tottenham? Yeah, all right. But hear me out. When did he retire? 30? 31? 30? Well, because he was addicted to no, alcoholic let, beverages. Hear me out. Hear me out. <laughs> hear me out. I like a certain type of player, right? And for me, Paul Gascoigne is not that... I, it, difficult because he was slightly before our time and I'm going to have to really backtrack now to dig myself out of this hole. He's the man he's in the echelon to George think... Best, Pele, Maradona, no, Paul Gascoigne. No, it's a, yes, he is. No. Yes, he is. He's he his... in the top 50 players of all time. All time. I, I, do you know what, right? No. For me personally, ask your dad. I, give me, yeah, I know. Ask your dad. Do you know, I'd rather have... Ask my dad. Ask, ask Daz's dad. Ask anybody football's man's dad. Paul Gascoigne, was he a good player? World class, elite one of the best ever, they'd say yes. And do you know what? I'd put Wayne Rooney into that category too. Yeah, but, the problem yeah, but is Wayne Rooney, Rooney, he never done it on the international no, stage. Gascoigne Wayne, did. Wayne, yeah, but Paul Gascoigne didn't really do much on the domestic stage. He went and bummed it up in Scotland for the last probably four years Scott of his the prime. the winner in the Italian Super Classico between Roma yeah, and yeah, Lazio. Once, you know, Tammy Abraham's done more in Italy than, than uh, Paul Gascoigne's done. Well, Italy, and he's only yeah, been there eight months. Because Italy's now a graveyard. At the time, Italy was the Premier League <laughs> yeah, of the 1990s. I understand, I understand. You remember the show. I can guarantee you now that David Platt had more of an influence on Italian football in the 90s than Paul Gascoigne. Well, he had a big injury at Tottenham. Mark Hately. Mark Hately probably oh, played God. more Serie A games than... Yeah, now you're going to be telling me Tottenham are going to win the I'm Premier League I'm not saying he's better. You sat there on the podcast... With with someone from the Extra Inch podcast, and you both claimed that no, Tottenham would win the no, league within two years. I never years. said that. A realistic Tottenham fans. I never said that. Rubbish. Tottenham Hotspur are so far away from winning the Premier League within two years. You've got more chance of me running on the pitch at the European Cup final in Paris and scoring a thirty-five yard volley on my weak foot. It's not I, I happening. Never, Maybe never, in five years. You that. never know. Football's Look, a silly game. You ain't winning the title in two years. I know. Done. I never said we were. I don't think we'll win, win the league in 20 now, years. You claim that Paul Gascoigne isn't ever a, 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 you know, one of the greatest players ever. I'm, I'm saying, staggered by if that. You, if you were to put a highlight reel together of Paul Gascoigne, it would be absolutely unreal. If you had to manage him for four years and get to the deep depths of the you know the latter stages yeah. of the Champions League, yeah. you know, Paul Gascoigne's the yeah. same age as probably Teddy Sheringham, right? Yeah? Fair? I can guarantee you now, Teddy Sheringham was 33 years old winning the Champions League with Man United while Paul Gascoigne was getting pissed up in a bar in Glasgow exactly, living lifestyle. off the pass. But that doesn't take away yeah, but, his talent, yeah, but, does it? Yeah, but it doesn't take away from his talent, but in my opinion... What, so George Best retired at 26? Yeah, George Best, don't don't go there. So you see, now, you, now, you, now you're going to tell me that no, George I'm Best is a I'm not saying that he's not. But yes, these, you are. Yes, you are. When a player throws a career away like that, like Maradona, you know, and all these players, highlight reel, unbelievable, brilliant. Put it up on YouTube and it looks George mint. George Best is one of the greatest footballers I know, in history. I know. But he give, is but in the give top me, ten ever. But give me Bobby Charlton over him all day long. Well, look, that's personal. That's personal. It doesn't go to show. Look, booze took it away. Maradona, hate to say it, but it's true. Drugs took him away from it. Paul Gascoigne is in the... the this, every so often, there, there comes along a player. We're seeing it now with Ronaldo and Messi. Gascoigne was that player. He was. Rivaldo, for two years, no. So why Armin wasn't, Ronaldo's why in did that Gascoigne, class. Why did Gascoigne never play for a top English club in the Premier League? Because he was still, uh, you know... You're right. You're talking 93, 94, 95, 96, all the way up till about the year 2002. I'm going to tell you why. I'm going to tell you why now. I'm going to tell you why. Because a lot of football fans listening to this point of football now, half of them will agree with me. 
Half of them will agree with you. The half that agree with you clearly haven't done the research on Paul Gascoigne because I'm going to tell you why. As soon as he left Newcastle United, he had the option. Sir Alex Ferguson was on the phone to yeah. him at Manchester United. Terry Venables got him down there into London. What does London give you? Bright lights, clubs. They offered him the most money. They offered him a car and a house. They offered his dad a car and a house. They offered his then his sister a car and a house. They got the deal done. He then sustained a terrible injury in the FA Cup yeah, after yeah. he scored a 35-yard bullet goal. Not bad for an average player. But anyway, <laughs> no, he then... He then I never said he was average. You compared him to Tammy Abraham. No. And I'm sorry, that's disgraceful. And, and as, as far as I'm concerned, okay, he went to Italy, tore it up. He was looking for a... Roof yeah, for about four months. He, no, he didn't. For about, for about two and a half years. In, yeah. And at that time, he was starting to put on weight. He was drinking heavily and he was still good. He then went to Rangers. The reason why he went to Rangers is because Walter Smith was there. Walter Smith met Gascoigne. And, and again, Gascoigne is someone, a player, who you need to put your arm around to get the best out of. It's like a... It's like a big child in footballing terms. Look at the managers that got the best out of Paul Gascoigne. Bobby Robson in England. Legend. One of the greatest, uh, probably the best English manager of all time. His signature is inches away from us in this room. Fact. Yeah? Mm. The second one is you've got Walter Smith. Again, in Scotland. Revered. Great Scotland manager. Great Rangers manager. Again, in, in Scottish football, one of the best ever. And as far as I'm concerned... Wherever else, he was okay. Terry Venables, another one. Yeah. Another man that put his arm around his shoulder. El Tell, a man... He would, he would have been brilliant under Klopp. He, he is a man... He, he is a man management stylist dream. And look at what he did at Euro 96 for England. Colin Henry is still trying to pick himself up off the floor now. After, he's, after Gascoigne flicked it over with the left foot under that high-intensity pressure at Wembley, a home tournament, the whole nation stopped. You know, if I'd have knocked that ball over his head, every, you know, eight out of ten people, okay, no, okay, six out of ten people would have saw their lights up in, in stars on the TV and they would have volleyed that straight over the bar. But what I would have done is actually side-footed it coolly into the corner. Like, but that's a like Letizia. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah I, I would have done that. But anyway, off the tangent, I believe Paul Gascoigne and George Best were class. But look, Daz, I don't know if that's a heavy answer to your question, but the reality <laughs> is we got there in the end. Well, until next time, because I need to come on to your show and uh, chat some nonsense to you guys, I think. Absolutely. Uh, we all There is a place for you waiting on the TTM Sports Show. And final thing put you on the spot can either one of you provide a dad joke to fire us home yeah i've got one go for it um have you heard of the man that's got five willies no oh his pants fit like a glove (laughs) (laughs) oh Oh, if you get milked
Social Podcast Network. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.